there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. touch anything don't touch anything i fixed it just don't touch anything okay okay all right yay are we ready to do a podcast this week shy i believe so i'm 100 ready to do a podcast this week love that Um, for you i think because I've been obsessed with the Murdoch trials. Yeah. A couple of days and my little true crime heart just going pitta-patta, pitta-patta. I love trial law, so it's like awesome. I don't understand it. I'm learning as I watch. Um, But sometimes it's just infuriating. It's so interesting, though. Yeah. So interesting. Yes. I'm excited to see the outcome. Oh. Of this trial. I mean. Me too. I hope justice is served. As do I. (laughs) (laughs) I hope justice is served. Okay. Are we ready to do a podcast? I think so. Are you okay? Yeah, my eyeball just itches because the, um, well, you know, okay. It's third winter, right? Right. We're going into first spring. Exactly. Second spring. Right. Um, The pollen is just. It's ridiculous. Everywhere. Yeah. The trees are trying to mate. Yeah, they are. And we're in the middle of it. Yeah. It's horrific. Yeah. So I'm just trying to keep my eyeballs, my eyeballs open. Okay. It's real hard though. I'm sorry. That's what she said. (laughs) Shy. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm excited to hear your story. I'm going to do a Tulsa cold case. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. Imagine if you will. Mm-hmm. Picturing it. Mm-hmm. And you can picture it because you were alive during this time. Oh, great. Thanks. It's 1981. Nice. Okay. First of all, <laughs> you think I was having, I was creating core memories in 1981. Okay. Like, let's be real. 1981. Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're still riding around on horses. Apparently. <laughs> Back in the olden days. (laughs) So, a girl named Patricia Denise Palmer is a newlywed in the Tulsa area. She had graduated from Pryor High School in 1980. Her dad owned a ranch in Pryor. Her mom lived in Tulsa with her new husband. Okay. Okay. 
Patricia was living in Tulsa, working in Tulsa, and she had just married her sweetheart, Randy. Randy and Patricia. Mm -hmm. And I think she went by Denise because Patricia's mom's name was also Pat. That's awesome. My, Oh, yeah. I like that name, Denise. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you know it's like a good it. name. Mm-hmm. Good name from the 70s and 80s. It really is. You know how it is. So her and Randy got married in 81, and they were ready to try to put down some roots and purchase a home. Okay. Got it. So she is trying to raise funds to purchase the home. And specifically what they're looking for is down payment money. Which, get this, in 1981, was $1,250. Oh, is that all? That's it. That's that's all you had to... And that was during the big oil boom, too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so people just had all the... Yeah. All the money, especially in Tulsa. Yeah. They're just like... A, a grand? <laughs> Please. Well, literally, she told her dad that they were going to start saving for a home. And he was like, I will give you money right now for your down payment. And was, was she like, no, we want to do it on our own? Exactly. Mm, I love that. Exactly. Okay. So her dad was like, I was ready to give her $900 cash right off the bat. And I would get some more like the next week. Mm-hmm. And give it to her mm-hmm. for her down payment. Right. No big deal. And she was like, no, we're solid. We're going to do this ourselves. It's going to be great. Okay? Okay. So she decided that she was going to sell her wedding dress oh. as well as some old, like, formal dresses that she had. Mm-mm. And... She places an ad in the Tulsa World newspaper, as you do in 1981, because there's no Facebook marketplace. Right. There you know. was no Craigslist. No Craigslist. It was all by... Um, uh, yeah. Newspaper ad and word ads. of mouth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So while she is posting this ad in the paper to try to raise some money... Her husband is working overtime at his job and also, like, chopping wood on the side to make extra cash. So they're just scraping money together. Yeah, doing it on their own. As you do when you're young. Yes, most of the time. And I believe I found the original ad that ran in the Tulsa World from November the 15th of 1981, which was a Sunday. Okay. All right. So, like, everybody gets the Sunday paper. Yeah. Everybody. Everyone always got the Sunday paper. Everyone. If you didn't, you were super poor. Yeah. And that's where all the, like, savings ads and all the grocery store ads Uh and stuff were. All your coupons were in the Sunday. Yeah. So, this is what the ad stated. Beautiful formal wedding dress, size 7, $150. And three formals, size seven, $20 each. And it also provided a phone number to call. So the phone number that was in the ad was Patricia Denise's mother's work number. Okay. Okay. So. Interesting. Yeah. And 
On the morning of November 17th, 1981, the mother receives a phone call from a man wanting to look at the dress because he's interested in purchasing it for his daughter, who was soon to be married. I mean, yeah. Make it sound legitimate. Trying. Mm -hmm. So mom, after the fact, is like, uh, I don't like she was not feeling the vibe from him that he was a proud dad of daughter getting married. You know what? She had that mommy instinct because Mm -hmm. as we all know, Mm -hmm. dads would not do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, It would be the moms. Totally. (laughs) That would call and be like, my daughter's getting married. And yeah. It 100%. would not. I don't care. Mm. No, it wouldn't be the dad. No, and it definitely wouldn't be the dad being like, I'm going to come look at the wedding dress. Correct. It would be like, I'm going to bring my daughter to come look at the wedding dress. Correct. It's kind of like those guys that like on um, Instagram and and uh, Facebook, they're like, yeah, could I'm my girlfriend's about your size. Mm. Can you try this on so I can mm. see what it might look like on her? Mm-hmm. No. No? No, sir. Thank you, though. <laughs> but no. You're saying your girlfriend's hot, but no. Mm-mm. So her mom is like, uh, not give, getting the vibe that this is like a dad that's excited about his daughter getting married. Like his affect was really flat and she just felt off about the situation. Yeah, because she's a mom and she knows. Mm-hmm. But she set up a time to meet him at her home, the mom. The wedding dress was at the mom's house. Right. So she sets up a time to meet him at her home. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of a conflict of information out there. In one story, it says that the mom was planning on meeting with him, and then all of a sudden something came up, and she sort of passed the torch to her daughter and said, hey, you need to meet this guy at my house at this time to show him the wedding dress. Okay. And then other stories are like, well, she called her daughter and told her the specifics and sent her on her way. Mm -hmm. So regardless... Mom didn't wind up going to the house. Right. Patricia Denise did. Okay. Mm, To her parents' house. To her mom's house. Yeah. Yeah. And mom begged her not to go alone, to take a coworker with her when she went. And she was like, no, it's fine. Just refused and went by herself. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So Patricia Denise takes off from her retail job which is at a clothing store, a few minutes before 11 a.m. that same day. So she's just taking her lunch hour, basically, to go do this. She tells her coworkers she'd be back in about an hour. She was driving to her mother's house. She's going to show the dress. She'll be right back. Right? So, obviously, we already feel disgusting about it. Mm -hmm. It's already gross right we've already got the bad vibes we already have the ick right about an hour after she was scheduled to meet with this man at her mother's house patricia's co-workers start getting concerned and they're like she hasn't come back yet she told us it would be like an hour she hadn't come back 
So they reach out to her mom, who was also at work at the time, and says, hey, have you heard anything from her? Mom has not heard anything. Mom did not fuck around and called her neighbor and said, hey, can you go check check. if she's still there? Car was still in in the driveway. She goes inside the house. She finds Patricia dead. Okay. Okay. 19-year-old girl, her whole life ahead of her. Right. She is nude in the bathtub. Oh. Yeah. So the neighbor calls everybody. Police come out. Everything like that. And as they're canvassing the neighborhood to find out if anyone saw anything, they find out that another neighbor had heard screaming at about 11.30 a.m. What? Okay, let's pause. Okay. Let's pause right there. Okay. Before you tell me what the neighbor did. Okay. If you if you heard screaming from a neighboring house, mm-hmm. what would what do you think you would do? Um, okay, so I know what I would do because I have a neighbor that's uh has a mental health crisis like once every three months mm-hmm. and t- frequently screams in the front yard. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. And like the first two times I went outside to see what the F was going on. Cause it's just in the middle of the day. Yeah. Minty bees in the middle of the day. Right. Yeah. And honestly, I don't even notice it anymore. If I'm being 100% transparent here. Yeah. So I will tell you, this particular neighbor said at the time she thought it was kids in the neighborhood. Right. Running around. Right. Uh, I guess she bought a clue that it was Tuesday midday and kids were in school during that time. Mm -hmm. And then realized somebody died next door, basically. Right. At about that time. Right. So... She, this neighbor likely heard the scuffle happen mm-hmm. and just wrote it off as kids playing in the neighborhood. Even though it was, it was Tuesday. Screaming. Yeah. A Tuesday midday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I assume that she just had loud ass kids in her neighborhood and she was probably like, oh, fuck these kids. I mean, Yeah. Uh, it's it's happened in our neighborhood before where kids are screaming and you're like you got to you got to do the pause like okay yeah. it's what is that happens? a stranger abduction scream or is that cuz usually there's a scream and then a giggle or a laugh right mm-hmm. and then if there's a scream and a, a cry you go running so you're always like the minute you hear that first initial scream it's like your ears perk and you're like mm, wait for it wait for it giggle or cry and then you're like okay well you know react properly one way or the other but that's fair i mean so yeah if you have a lot of kids in your neighborhood and that are outside frequently which they were in 81 in 81 the kids were feral and they were just running around we were uh yeah like un unherded kittens Mm -hmm. you know yeah we were free roaming yeah yeah so but 
she likely heard it. She didn't have anything really else to contribute except that it was about this time, which was about 30 minutes after she left the store that she worked at. So it was fast. And according to the reports at the time, it appeared that she had been beaten, strangled, and raped mm-hmm. prior to be placed prior to be p- being placed nude in the bathtub. And her official cause of death was drowning. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So absolutely horrible. Yeah. Horrible scene. There was obvious signs of a struggle. Mm-hmm. There was some blood throughout the house, like blood marks and smudges and things like that all throughout the house from the entryway all the way to the bathroom mm-hmm. um, and on the bathtub. So she put up a f- she put up a big fight, a big fight. That's good. And most people said, like, especially her family members said that she was just so naive and so trusting that the thought of someone coming to their home and hurting them would have never crossed her mind. Ugh. Like she th- likely thought that her mother was being ridiculous asking asking oh. her to take someone with her. Yeah, you probably. Know? Yeah. Because this was the time we didn't lock our front doors. No. And did they in prior? Probably not. And this was Tulsa. Or this Tulsa. was like Tulsa right. proper. So they may have been locking their doors. I don't know 100%. But, I mean, you weren't worried about a murderer coming to your house from a newspaper ad. Right. You know? Right. That's true. That's crazy town. So, Unless you trust no one. <laughs> yes. all possibilities. But our, our <laughs> personality of trusting no one... Mm-hmm. came from a very cultivated 40 years of learning that people can't be fucking trusted. This is true. <laughs> this is 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people weren't cultivated like that. I mean, uh, you learn the hard way enough times and then you're like, oh, all right. Okay. Fair enough. So <laughs> there might be good people out there, but. Mm. I, you have to prove it to me yeah. first. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, within 24 hours of her death, police already have a description of a suspect. Because these neighbors were at home and, like, on alert. Right. Okay? Okay. So, one neighbor was having uh, construction work done. And there were some construction workers that see this dude standing on the doorstep of this house like holding up a wedding dress like perusing the wedding dress mm-hmm. and these dudes are like why is this guy looking at a wedding dress yeah that would have really brought attention especially from other dudes right yeah and what happens with guys they might not no- notice shit else but they know the make and model of the car fuck yeah they, they notice do. all of that yep you're all right. of that shit yep. right Yep. So these witnesses come together and as early as like two and a half days after this murder, they have a sketch released. They did the whole thing. So 
He's described as being in his late 40s to early 50s, somewhere around 5 foot 10, mm-hmm. 165 pounds. All right. Dark hair that is graying, and it's more gray than, than dark at this point in time. He's wearing a gray tweed overcoat, a light colored shirt, and dark slacks. And he, this is how specific it is. Okay. Cause you know, they're like, oh, he's wearing like a light colored shirt. Was it white? Was it yellow? Like light colored what? Dark slacks, gray, black, blue, navy blue. Like what are we talking about here? Right. Mm, I did notice he was driving a 1974 blue Chevy Impala. <laughs> <laughs> 1974. Like the year specifically. Make model. Yep. 1974 four-door blue Chevy Impala. Can you tell us what the color of the interior was? <laughs> like. Because I were, bet they could have. They even had the first two digits of a license plate. Damn. Number. Like that's how tuned in these people were to this fucking car. Right. Okay. So 1974 four-door uh, Chevy Impala with a CB radio antenna on the back. Got it. As you do. Yep. And they were very specific about this. He has a skin discoloration on the on the side of his face, on his cheek. Um, okay. Okay. So I'm going to show you the sketch that they made. And it just looks like every man known to man. But, <laughs> you know, how yeah. that goes. Okay, so this oh, wow. is the sketch. Okay. He's got a very prominent upper lip. Very prominent upper lip. Very specific nose. Nose and cheek meet yeah. up right here. Like yes. his nose is big and the cheeks kind of come in right here, you know? Yeah. So we'll put that on our Instagram. I'm like, too. I'm trying to think what actor he looks like. Yeah. Because it looks like. From the sketch, he looks like a big dude, but they're only saying he's 165 pounds, which Mm -hmm. is not very big. Right. No, it's not. So from the sketch, he looks like he should be a bigger guy, but he's not. Maybe he just has like a doughy face. Maybe he's just got a big head. Yeah, that's possible. That is possible. But he has a some sort of skin discoloration on his face. He's white with a with some sort of birthmark or something on his face. Okay. Okay. So they released this out. In addition to the eyewitness descriptions, they have a little bit of forensic evidence from the scene. Okay. So there's the blood drops and the smears and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming they probably type tested that and made sure that was all hers. Right. I That's an assumption that I'm making. There was also semen collected from her body, but because they collected it in 81 mm-hmm. and stored it in a terrible manner, right? the swabs were not fit for testing and they had to be destroyed. Ugh. There was also some chewing gum found in the bathtub that they believe belonged to the killer, and they have saved that for DNA testing. But so far, 
they have no matches. That's interesting. Yeah. So this person is not in the system after whenever CODIS was derived, 96, 95, 96. Yeah. If he if he ever was in the penal system, he it was not after 95 or 96. I wonder if they'll ever want to place that in some type of um, genetic, genetic genealogy. Mm-hmm. They should. If they yeah. have a big enough sample, they should. Yeah, that's what I think. I mean, in my opinion. Because legitimately, if this person was in his late 40s to early 50s in 1981, he could still be alive. True. I mean, he'd be old as fuck, yeah. but he could still be alive. Yeah, he'd be pretty old. Hmm. Yeah. And just the fact that he... Can you imagine if this was a one-time deal? Because this is like serial killer activity. Yeah. Calling off of an ad. Right. I mean, he didn't know who he was going to get. If it was truly from an ad... He didn't know who he was going to get. Right. He could have gotten the mom or her or hell, her husband could have been there. You know, that's pretty brazen. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Which I guess if there would have been a man there or someone else, he would have just turned around and looked at the wedding dress and rolled out, I guess. Yeah. But he rolled the dice. He rolled the dice. And essentially executed a crime of which there's really no solid evidence that he was there. Right. You know? Yeah. Those are the worst, too. The ones that are just the almost a random act, right? That it was done by someone that's not... Close to the family or whatever. Right. That's just... Someone that they don't think had any knowledge of the person beforehand. Correct. Yeah. Which maybe they... Maybe they did. Who knows? Right. It's totally possible that he stalked her. He found her wedding dress ad. I don't know. It doesn't seem very realistic, but... Yeah, I don't don't think so either. So. Mm. But yeah. So, literally, this case goes cold, like, immediately. Ugh. Okay. And there is nothing. There's been no traction made on this case. She left behind, so, like, her dad in prior, then her mom and her stepdad in Tulsa, her husband. She had a brother, like, a stepbrother. And... All of these people are just kind of left with no resolution. Yeah, no closure. Mm -mm. And this woman was murdered in her own mother's home. Right. Which is insane to me. Yeah. And during the daytime. Middle of the day. With He obviously knew people were nearby Mm -hmm. because if they can see him, then he can... Yeah, he can see them. He can see them. And he was not worried about it. At all. Uh-uh. I, not I, worried about it. No, even to the... Uh, yeah, no, he wasn't worried about it at all. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Okay. So her mom came out years later 
and said publicly, like she's a better, way better person than I am, but she said publicly, as a family, they forgive her killer and hope that he finds peace. Oh, no, I think you should burn in hell. <laughs> Honestly. Agree. Hard so, agree. But I'm proud of her for saying that. Like yeah, that. she is, like I said, a way better person than I am. Because oh, yeah, no. my petty ass could not. Mm-mm. I'm still holding grudges from like third grade. Thank you. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You I'm a Gemini. I will hold you, grudges till I die. I mean, I feel like Pisces are the same way. Yeah. Because I, I definitely can. Um, but also, too, when you learn that you don't have to forgive people that wrong you and yeah. just move on with your life and they can just become insignificant. Yeah. Um, it's kind of freeing. It's kind of freeing mm-hmm. that you don't have to be the better person. Mm-hmm. You can just tell them to get fucked. Yeah. And I hope you burn in hell. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. God bless. So if your grandpa or your creepy fucking uncle that's now like in his 90s has some funky uh shady past wine stained birthmark on his face or something like that Mm -hmm. uh maybe maybe take his toothbrush to the tulsa police department and see if they can run a dna test on it yeah and see if you can solve the crime oof yeah that's what he's related to some someone that oh my god or maybe he's not i don't know Everybody's related I, to someone. Everybody. I mean, yeah, that was a dumb, that was a dumb statement. But I, yeah, they need. To, I I want them to start using um, genealogy. A lot of so this is what I was told by a guy in Pottawatomie County because him and I had a very nice conversation about genetic genealogy and why agencies in Oklahoma are not using it. Okay. And this was just his opinion. This is probably not fact. This is just his opinion as a law enforcement professional. But he was like, so many of these agencies like to hold on to their cases Mm -hmm. for dear life Mm -hmm. at the at the failure of the case. Like, to the point of the failure of the case. So, he's like, if it's between them um, shelling out $5,000 from their budget to send something to Othram and, like, turning it over to Othram and having them do a genetic genealogy search or whatever, if it's between that and them just holding on to it to the detriment of the resolution of the case, they're just going to hold on to the case. It's all, it's like a pride thing. Right. And I know that OSBI um, has their own genetic genealogist on staff that has been able to solve a couple of things. Nice. Okay. um, Because that's who solved the um, baby doe. Remember that Mm -hmm. we talked about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Their staff genetic genealogist. And OSBI does have an interest in this case. They uh, are the ones that put out the playing cards, you know, the cold case playing cards. Yep. And Patricia Palmer is in the cold case playing cards. Okay. So I would hope that they would be taking any 
sample that they have available Mm -hmm. and doing the genetic genealogy testing and all that stuff, I would hope. But a lot of agencies in Oklahoma are just not. They're not doing it with third-party labs. They might do it with the state lab, but they're not doing it with third-party labs like Othram and those other places. So, Well, that's just... Disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, it's super disappointing. Because we have a lot of cold cases that are just sitting. A lot of cold cases. A lot of rape cases that could probably be solved with. Yeah. Which that's just... If the statute hasn't run. True. But... Yeah, so that's the story of Patricia Denise Palmer. Wow, Shan. Yeah. Thanks for that. That was that was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, at the same time, you're just like, you have to take into, the account, into account the sign of the times, right? Mm-hmm. And that, like you said, this girl was just this trusting... You know, yeah, she was nine. She was only nineteen. She was a child. She was nineteen. Yeah, she had just graduated from high school. Yeah, she, this was probably the first year of her living out on her own. Yeah, outside of her home. Right. So, I mean, and you go from Pryor to Tulsa, mm-hmm. and that's two different environments. Oh yeah, right, big time. So, I get it, but God bless. It's just like everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. Oh, 100%. That's probably why we tell our kids that if it can go wrong. It will. It will. Yeah. And plan accordingly. Here's the precautions you should take. Yeah. Oi. Plan accordingly. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was a good one, Shan. But I hope they – I hope at some point DNA can be used to find – you know, the killer, but it just, uh, I don't have a lot of faith that on this, in this case, it will, especially since the DNA that was found was very minimal and, um, and, or uh, discarded because of. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what they are going to find in the gum. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't know what they have. It's possible they've already extracted it and they're just holding it to compare, but um, it may already be in CODIS. I don't know that for a fact. Yeah. But everything else is gone. The semen evidence, which would be like really locked up tight, right. is gone. Right. So. Mm. Yep. That was a good one, Shan. Thanks, Shy. Thanks, Shan. If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore OK underscore pod.